Hey, Michael, this is Tony Taylor calling from uh, White Rock, BC, Canada. Hi, Michael, it's Dawn Berry from Sunridge, Ontario, Canada. Just wanted to touch in and let you know how much I really enjoyed being on your podcast, The Tangled Mind. It was an amazing opportunity to be able to share with your audience, to be able to share with you and to uh, collaborate. And when we do that, it makes a big difference to somebody somewhere in the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangled Mind Podcast, a platform that I'm providing people with mental health issues or even family members to come along, talk about whatever they want, whenever they want, and see if we can help other people out from all around the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangled Mind Podcast. On this week's show, we've got James. James is actually my manager at work and this is the first podcast that i've recorded face to face as well how are you james i'm all right mate yeah it's good nice it's a pleasure to be here mate speaking with you so just for the listeners then do you just want to obviously introduce who you are and obviously what's happened in your life yeah so i mean i i think i look at myself as a normal person um i've obviously had issues in the past with with mental health and I've managed to cope with them so far and I think I, I will continue to do that for the rest of my life because of things that I've learned. But, um, you know, that's part of what I wanted to talk about being on here is, is sort of how I've dealt with it and, and how I think a lot of people probably could could deal with it as well. Um, so obviously I've, I've been through things that everyone will go through, uh, such as bereavements. I've lost my brother uh, when I was 17 through an accident and then seven months later, uh, which is quite unfortunate. Uh, I lost my dad for another accident. So obviously it's such a short space of time, although I didn't grow up with them my whole my whole young life. It was still, you know, pretty traumatic. So that, that was tough to deal with. Uh, and then recently through obviously lockdown and everything also I've had a, a divorce, you know, with, uh, with with my now ex. I've got two kids uh, and that's that's one that I'm dealing with now, you know, pushing through and, and uh, getting getting on with uh, with life. Uh, so that's yeah, they're the they're the main ones that I've been through really. To be honest with you, um, so with, with regards to it, then so obviously you lost your brother first. Mm. Obviously, your brother being your brother, I I dread to think what it was like if like one of my sisters, I lost one of them because um we're such a close family. How did that initially make you feel? Because obviously you you I know you said to me before your brother he he lived in America was it Yeah he was yeah. in America yeah so we we weren't um, massively close you know I just had a actually a, a trip was planned to go and see him before it happened we'd actually paid we paid for the tickets my mum and I uh, we still went over to to see his mum because my half brother um, but we we had mutual friends and stuff like that so I'd always heard stories of um, you know his developments and you know he was a very cool guy. Good, good guy to be around, fun guy, uh, you know, so I was really hopeful of, of building, a, you know, a, a bigger relationship with him. So it did, it hit me hard, um, but I was young, I was 17, I was quite carefree back then as well. So, you know, you don't, I wouldn't say it, it didn't affect me as hard as my dad, but it was different. Um, the one that hit me hardest was probably my dad's, the, the second one, which like I say was like seven months later. Um, that, that really hit me because it's like, you know, wow, life is short you know and you've got to make the most of it and it kind of it kind of saved me in a way because like I say I was quite carefree back then and uh, 
probably doing silly things like a lot of young young lads do um and that you know kind of woke me up on the back end of it after all of the uh you know the suffering and growing and bereavement and whatnot <clears throat> but yeah initially i say it did it did hit me hard um jason was my brother he was 29 and uh like a lot of the men in my family like fast cars and a bit of drink and stuff like that and uh unfortunately when he did pass it was an accident that that he had caused um being over the limit, uh, driving. Um, potentially, there was other stuff involved. I don't know if marijuana, you know, as well. Uh, so the combination of the two and driving, obviously, is not not a good idea. Um, luckily, no one else was injured. Uh, I think he lost one of his dogs that was in the car, but no other people were were, were injured in the accident. So at least that was one good thing. Um, With your dad, then. Mm. So obviously, seven months later. Obviously, a lot of people don't know this, but your dad lived in Trinidad. Yeah, my dad lived abroad as well. So um, another one I didn't have day-to-day contact with at the time, but I was back in contact with him. Uh, I didn't see him for years as a young kid, but I was back in contact with him. Um, and yeah, he lived out in, in the Caribbean, uh, in Trinidad and Tobago, which is a, a place, another place where they, you know, they like to party. Uh, alcohol is everywhere everyone drinks kind of like i guess in england but maybe even more freely yeah so there's parties sort of every day of the week and it's kind of that that kind of environment you know weekends they'll go out fishing or to the beach and there'll be beers and rum and whatnot uh so so with with, with your dad then what what happened like obviously did you just get a phone call so i was i was over there at the time um I was actually out there and it was coming up to carnival, which is, which is a massive thing over in Trinidad. They have the second biggest carnival in the world. So it's like massive every year when it comes around. Um, and it was the morning before carnival. So carnival sort of starts a couple of days before and it ends a couple of days after it's basically five days, but the main carnival was on the Monday and we got the call, uh, on the Sunday. It was my auntie that called the house. Um, cause my dad had actually gone away with my little sister and my stepmom. So it was me and my two stepbrothers at home. Uh, and one of my stepbrothers was my older stepbrother. He was like the head of the household while my dad was gone. Um, so I got the phone call and my auntie, uh, Aileen spoke to me and, uh, I could tell by the tone of her voice that something went right. And she was like, I need to speak to Andre. That's my older stepbrother. And I was like, why, what's up? And she wouldn't tell me. So I went and got him, but there was, it was a big house. So we had like three or four different phones. So I stayed on the line while she spoke to him. And obviously she'd sort of broken down a bit and told him, but I was on the other line. And I just like, I didn't obviously say anything. Just, uh, it just, it just hits you when you hit, get, that, get, that, get that kind of news. Um, so I just hung up the phone. I went and grabbed my little stepbrother and took him into Andre's room. And the three of us, uh, you know, had a little, little heart to heart, little, um, little cry and that. And then basically, uh, we, we got pissed for about seven days after that, <laughs> which, uh, it doesn't help obviously in the long run at all, but that's, that's like a, a short term coping, I guess, if you like. And, and for us, that's just what we did. Just, just, I guess what we needed at the time. Um, but definitely, definitely not a solution, but that, that's what we did. Yeah. So it was, it was tough, mate. It was really, really hard. He had a lot of friends. My dad did as well. So big family out there. Uh, there were, people knocking on the door for like probably over a week every day, which doesn't make it easier. Uh, it makes it harder really because everyone's <clears> coming <throat> and giving you condolences and all that sort of stuff. And um, again, it's, it's nice in a way because, you know, these people are all coming to show their appreciation and, uh, you know, condolences for his life and stuff like that. But, 
you kind of at that time you just want to be with your family and uh, not really seeing every man Jack, you yeah. know, for, for day after day. Um, but yeah, that one was because I think I was living with my dad at the time. Like I said, I wasn't living with my brother and um, I'd only been with my dad at this point, living with him for about four months. It was like, it was like bittersweet, you know, the fact that I got, I'd gone out there, got to meet him again and know him and uh, see the changes that he'd made in his life. I was, I was really happy at the time to be there and be with him. So it was really, really hard. Me that one, that one, that one really hit me uh, tough. So then, obviously, <clears throat> over the years, you you struggled with obviously dealing with your, losing your dad and your brother, and then obviously now. Well, 12, in 2020, 2020 is just a weird year anyway. So, obviously, all of this COVID. Yeah. Then, obviously, you you divorced from your ex-wife. Obviously, having kids with her, how's that made? How's, how are you dealing with that? Because, obviously, I know for me, I, I wasn't married, but I, I had two kids with my ex-partner. And I know that was the hardest thing for me, not living with the kids and now seeing them once a week. How how, how are you how are you coping? How how are you feeling? I wouldn't say barely, but um, it, it's difficult, mate. Even uh, I mean, obviously, work. You you know, is at our place. We work a lot, so keeping busy always helps. Obviously, something to focus on. Um, the fact that. I still have an amicable relationship with my ex obviously helps. Um, although I can't say that we're friends at the minute, we're still amicable and obviously you know, I'm, I'm, she's not stopping me from seeing the kids. It's just a matter of, like you said, going from seeing them every day, even if it's just an hour at night before bed and another hour in the morning when they wake up, you know, giving them breakfast or whatever, that change is massive. Um, how I'm dealing with it, it goes back to, again, the stuff that I learned Back when I lost my dad, um, I actually had, so my mum has always been a very positive person in my life. She's brought me up as a single mum and she is a counsellor as well. So she's got two degrees uh, in psychology and sociology and then she did a bachelor's degree in, um, I think it was death and society or something like that. She does a lot of bereavement or did at the time a lot of bereavement counselling. Yeah. So pretty pretty uh, pretty helpful person to have around um but i did have a couple of counseling sessions when my dad passed uh and i was set up to have i think it was a minimum of eight sessions and ended up having two sessions uh and the bloke that i was with and i we just connected really well um and he hit home with just basically one thing that he showed me i'm quite a practical person if you give me something that i can hold on to i generally run with it um and and he taught me something which is uh part of what I wanted to talk about, which has helped me with this, with the, with the divorce as well. It's to basically, it's like setting yourself small achievable goals. Um, so you can focus on, you know, something small that you can positively influence and then feel better about yourself, but then also increase, you know, your capabilities so that you can become more um, productive and more positive in your own life and people around you. Yeah. So as soon as you've achieved these smaller goals, you know, you can set another smaller goal. And before you know it, you've just achieved a bunch of stuff that has improved your life and then potentially even people's lives around you. Um, so that's kind of how I've, I've coped with the little things. It's like, it's not about ignoring what's going on. It's just about 
accepting the fact that there's certain things that you can't control. So for instance, my ex-wife now, or it's not completely gone through, but basically it's done at the last stage of the divorce now. Um, you know, she, she's wanted this probably for about a year and it's been amplified by lockdown. And, you know, she's an adult, she's a grown human adult. I can't control what she wants. I can try and influence her. I can try and change different things that I do, but I ultimately can't control her. So it's getting your head around that and saying, look, there's nothing I could have done. Um, you know, I, it's not something I can control. Uh, so don't waste your energy and drain yourself thinking about that one thing. Like she's left me, you know what I mean? It's like, yes, she's left you, but you couldn't have done nothing about it. So don't hate yourself. Don't beat yourself up about it find a little something else that you can do to positively influence your life and, and grow from that. And that's kind of how I'm, I'm dealing with it basically. And uh, I'm lucky as well. I'm not going to lie. I've got a couple of, uh, I know not tons obviously, but a couple of good friends that do ring me and I can ring if I do feel down family as well, one or two. And uh, obviously talking to family and friends is massive talking to anyone. And I massively, massively recommend that to anyone who's struggling is if you haven't got someone to talk to, you need to find that, uh, whether it's a GP or whatever it might be. If you've not got friends and family that you feel like you can turn to, you need to find some someone. And I don't know if you'll know like other places that people can turn to, but I know it's not easy. There's, there's, there's a lot of places that, yeah, you do need to talk. And <clears throat> there's a lot of places out there you've got calm, You've got Mind, you've got Samaritans. There's there's that many charities out there that are set out to help you as the individual. But then obviously when it comes down to like the family members, that's why one of the reasons why I set up the podcast and mm. why my mum and me and my mum do the Beyond the Yellow Brick Road mm. to support the family members because obviously although the likes of yourself is going through a tough time mm. it always has that knock-on effect to nice. the rest of the family mm. and obviously you guys although you guys need that support so do your loved ones because mm. they're, the, they're, they're, the they're, they're, de they're, they're your support system Who's but they need somebody system? to fall back onto as well yeah man definitely so obviously yeah there's there's many many places and uh, yeah i'd just like to mirror that obviously talk as much as you can to whoever you can that's it um, even if it's a colleague i mean you know if you've got a colleague at work that's willing to listen to you don't go you know you don't have to go shouting all your problems to everyone but if there's someone that you've confided in and uh, talked to anyone it doesn't matter who it is as long as they're willing to listen um talking about it you know makes you realize the truth because the truth comes out when you think about it and you think you're actually talking about it when the words come out sometimes it might be the first time you've actually realized the truth when you say it you know what i mean so yeah it definitely. is important yeah definitely so um, yeah obviously i know they can't see it but obviously you've got a, a nice drawing on your <laughs> on your paper yeah just explain what that is to so the, the the one thing that hit home when i had these couple of counseling sessions years ago would have been about 2004 when my dad passed away um it was called the circle of influence. And uh, as I said, I don't know if it will work for everyone, but I'm one of those people. If you give me something that I can do, something that I can make a change with, I'll generally run with it. So the circle of influence is basically, you've got one big circle and that's your life or your circle of concerns, things that could concern you. Um, and, and that's a big circle, it's massive. Obviously you can't control life. Life is life, it does what it wants. That's things like the weather, 
coronavirus, you know, the economy's drained, whatever. Um, and then you've got your smaller circle within that, which is your circle of influence, which is things that you might be able to change. Um, and then within that circle, you've got an even smaller one, which is things that you can control. So it's basically three circles. And the one to focus your energy on, or the one that I focus my energy on, is that little tiny circle in the middle um, called the circle of control. Um, and again, that's things just like your actions, your behavior, planning for things that you want in life. Um, that's a tricky one because planning is planning. And again, life has got its own plan for you. So you can't be upset if you make a plan and it doesn't work out, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't have a plan. So I always try and have, whether it's a big plan or a little plan or, or both. Um, and then the thoughts, the things that you think about, if you catch yourself thinking about the same you know, problems and issues all the time, try and change that. And that's, that's a tough one as well. But your actions and your behaviours, ultimately, you know, you're, you're in control of those things. So um, if you make a plan uh, for, let's say, for your business or your podcast, because, I mean, this didn't come out of thin air. You've obviously, you've, you've planned this and you've thought about this yeah. and uh, you've made this out of nothing, basically, haven't you? Absolutely. Um, and now it's growing to the point where, you know, you're getting people on live, you're doing things, you've got other people reaching out to you. Um, and then, you know, as well, family, like you said, supporting your family. So ultimately, although I've got family that support me, I, I've supported my mum in the past, I've supported, you know, other family members, my cousins out there and stuff like that, when they've had issues, and my friends too. Uh, genuinely, when I'm not in a, in a tough place like I am now, a lot of my friends will turn to me. They'll, they, they, I'll be probably the first one that they'll ring because I've always got an ear to listen. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, focus focus on the things that you can control, um, and then basically it'll have a positive impact on on us and the ones around us. And that little circle of control will then grow. It will get bigger and bigger. Um, and if you focus on the things outside of your control, you do the opposite. So you end up reducing. The, the circle of control and it gets smaller and smaller and you're just focusing on things that that we're going to basically drain your energy um like i said you can't control coronavirus what you can do is encourage everyone around you and and everyone to follow what you think or what you believe to be the best practice and then follow that best practice yourself put your mask on keep your distance whatever it is that's just an example but yeah genuinely just just focus on something find yourself a little goal a little plan work on it and make sure it's something that it's achievable just small goals and uh you know it could be it could be like getting your health for me the gym's massive getting your health in check getting your diet in check getting your sleep in check these basic things if you can get those right it's all tied in with your mental health as well if you go again for me the gym's a really good example like if i go to the gym for four days a week i feel so good if i skip three weeks and i don't go to the gym like I have done a couple of times recently, I get instantly like down. It's, it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm going backwards. So yeah, I, get, I, getting yourself in check, really. I do like the the planning because one of the things that I do is, and to be fair, you want to try it, is mm. I've wrote down the 50 things, the 50 goals that I want in life. Mm. And don't get me wrong, it's fucking hard to get right then 50 down because you sit there and you're like, you get to 10 and you're like, I don't know what else I want to do. <laughs> but even little things like drinking water, more, uh, plenty of water throughout the day. One of my goals is to drink three litres of water a day. I ain't done that yet. So skip that one for now. But Same. it's like paying off my wedding. It doesn't have to be something to do with 
your, your, your business. It can be your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Something that you've got set out to do. A relationship. Yeah. Yeah. All of that sort of stuff. Mm. And once you've wrote those 50 down, choose the first 10 that you want to work up. Mm. Break it down. Break it down into the five sections of 10. Work on that first 10. Once you've completed that first 10, then you've got your next 10 to work out. Yeah, and you might only and end up with nine of those 10. You might not be able to do all. Exactly. It's like for me, one of them was to, well, I set my 50 goals about a month and a half ago, yeah, two months ago. And I, my, one of my first ones was to pay the wedding off within four months. I've got £700 to pay left off it. Nice. And it, that one's pretty much ticked off. That's a big one the as well, o- man. It is. The, the other one that I'm, I, I need to... I've wrote down it's in my first top 10. I've just not done it. Is cycle to work twice a week because of my fitness. Bad time of year for that. It is bad time of year because <laughs> I probably won't do it. And yeah, that's about it. I'll, I'll push that one to next summer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that, that's that. Yeah. Obviously, the biggest thing for me, I, I think, is talking. It is definitely, yeah. Like I say, I, I have been very lucky with that. And uh, you'll know at work, I'm not I'm not afraid to talk about things. I probably talk too much sometimes, really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, it is massive. And, uh, you know, as long as you're not draining other people, that's what you've got to be careful of as well, especially if it is in a work environment. You don't want to be draining other people because uh, it, it can it can quickly, quickly be like that if you're talking too much. But like I say, a friend, family, you've got, I mean, I don't know, all those ones that you reeled off earlier that you know there's probably more than i realized to be fair but i know the gp has been there once i think once i rang the gp and they've, they've said yeah you can come and have a chat i know now corona's made everything more difficult uh, what about 111 do they help or 111 does help there is, you can phone 111 um but a lot of them do refer you back to same the, the same places like you you know, just get in contact with your gp with a doing assessment over the phone yeah one of the things that I would like to say, obviously, next Friday, not next Friday, yeah, Friday the 23rd, I, with my mum, myself, we are starting our, we're doing our first online support group, like peer-to-peer support group, because we're not professionals. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not some trained like counselor. trained counsellor or anything like that. It's all from our own experiences with dad and things like that. Mm. So obviously, for us, there's nothing out there. COVID shit, we know COVID shit. And at the minute, it's getting worse before it's going to get better. But but we all need to be there for one another. Mm. And we all need to support each other through it. So Mm. obviously, even the likes of, you can email me at the Tangled Mind podcast. You can email my mum, drop me a message on Instagram, do whatever. Is that beyond the yellow brick road as well? Yeah. So you, you've got yeah, that's my mum's. So you've got beyond the yellow brick road on Facebook. You've got obviously the podcast page on Instagram, Tangled Mind Podcast. There's that many places you can go on to my website, tangledmindpodcast.com, and look at go on there and you, there's a messaging service on there. Mm. Do reach out to anybody. Reach even if it's speak to your mate. If you don't want to speak to us, speak to somebody. Um, mm. Our aim is to aim, help as many people as we can by supporting you in a peer-to-peer manner. Yeah. But there's that. There is a lot of places out there that you can speak to. And I, I remember when, uh, not when I first met you, but when we were on the on the van setting up for the new for the, the new showroom, showroom uh, of 
we was talking and having a, a chat about you know the awareness and I and genuinely and I know it's 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 still really really hard and it's difficult but I just think the awareness nowadays for it is such a great thing how it's growing yeah the awareness and then um you know the diagnosis as well because I know that back in the day there weren't as many correct diagnoses happening and people were going under the radar and things were you know just continuing on past the point where they needed to and and I, like I said I know it's still difficult I mean even with myself even with all these things that you've just said the places you can turn to it's it is still tough to get help and I know you know that as well but the fact that the awareness is growing and growing it's massive I think it's such a good thing especially for men yeah I mean obviously women as well it's not not a sexist thing but I, I do think it probably affects or it, at least in the extremes you know it, it affects a lot of men um in, in a really really hard way and it's harder to talk about it traditionally yeah. you know the stigma behind the man coming out and saying i've got mental health issues or i'm insecure or whatever it is it's it, it's difficult and I, I think that's great i think that stigma has always been there and i think it is only going to get worse um before it gets better but yeah it's obviously the, the stigma it's it's always going to be there but it's our job to not our job, but it's in the best interest of everybody else and the people that are struggling to try and turn that around and get it where people are more willing to talk. Yeah, you shouldn't and, be afraid to admit it. You know what I mean? To say that you've got a problem takes a bigger man than someone who's just going to go and take it out on someone else or take it out on themselves. You know what I mean? It takes a bigger man to say, look, I've got a problem. I'm not scared about it. And I'm going to do something about it to make it better. And it's a process and it, you know, it's not quick. It's not going to happen overnight, but the first step on any journey is the hardest in it. So once you've made that first step, it's just about following it through. I think as well that obviously there's a lot of people out there that are, I, I, I would say males, but like the older generations, the, the people that were, the miners and, mm. and things like that. Mm. They're the ones that are, have always been in that mindset. Of you've got to be the tough man. You've got to be stuff the it. one to protect everybody else. Yeah, stuff it down inside, bottle it all up. Yeah, bottle it up. And it, it got to a point where, obviously, over the years, like I used to bottle a lot of stuff up about my dad. And then it got to a point where it, uh, now... I genuinely don't give a shit if I cry. I don't care if anybody sees me cry or anything like that. If I'm if I'm having a bit of a tough time dealing with anything that's going on, whether it's my dad, whether it's just life in general. Exactly. It doesn't then, it doesn't have to be big traumatic events either. It is like you say, it's standard late day-to-day life, even without corona. You add this corona into it, it now and it's just stress builds up. It's it's, it's tough, isn't it? Life is tough. It, it's even it's even little things like for me, obviously, my parents live all the way down in Cornwall. Mm. Not seeing my parents as much as I'd like to, hey, that that affects me bad because, like, because I'm so close with my mum and dad, mm. like, I have to make a point of booking holidays and paying for somewhere to stay to be able to go down there and visit them. Because otherwise, okay. I'd, I'd see them like once a year, mm. twice a year, and it, it's it gets hard. It's little things. It's but not having that family, immediate family around you, it's, that's another thing. That, I think that's a massive factor in, in, in the whole divorce with myself because obviously we've had 
my just my mum, and I say just my mum, my mum's brilliant, but my ex's parents are both abroad. Obviously, my dad's gone, and it has just been basically me, the ex, and the two kids. And like I say, my mum has been in Leicester, so it's not as far obviously as your parents, but she's massively, massively busy with work herself. She's got a lot of things she's trying to sort out for her plan, her next step. She wants to move back over there and stuff like that. So although she's brilliant, um, we haven't had a support system for our, like you say, day-to-day day-to-day life. When you've got young kids and stuff like that, you need that support system there. And uh, they say it doesn't have to be a big traumatic event. It can, it can literally just be, like you say, anything really, isn't it? Standard day-to-day stresses people looking for work, whatever it is, it's horrible for these, all these little things, you know what I mean? All adds to it. Students, students that are going through all this stuff now. It's mad. Worrying, making sure, the stress of making sure you've earned enough money to pay your bills, all, all of that. Mm-hmm. It's just being an adult. It is, yeah. <laughs> Listen, like it sounds, it sounds like a, a negative thing, but life is suffering. That's that's part of life. It's you know, it's always been the same. If you go back to any other generation before us, it's not to say we've got it any harder than anyone else. It's it's the history of, of life. You know, what I mean, it's it's always been a part of it. But the fact that the the awareness and like I say, also being able to diagnose different mental health issues now is is definitely going to help. I think moving forwards, I hope it does anyway. It seems like it's starting, so I really hope that it does take off from from here and keep going. You know what I mean? Hope so. I hope so because things obviously things need to change in the mental health system. Um, obviously, before we wrap this up, mm. any final bits of advice for anybody? Uh, again, like I say, genuinely thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, and uh, maybe we can do do it again uh, sometime. My again, my only advice is try and take control. Um, it can be hard. And like I said, I've been very lucky to have help and people that care about me and just that little chat every now and then, maybe once a week or whatever it might be helps. If you haven't got that and you can't find that, try and just set yourself a little goal. Try and, and it sounds, you know, easy. So it can, it can sound easy. It's not, it's really hard, but try your hardest to set yourself a little goal and take control of something, whether it's the tiniest little thing, whether it's, you know, making sure you eat breakfast in the morning, whatever it is, whatever it is you're suffering, try and make one little part of that suffering less and set those small little goals. And before you know it, you've done one and then you've done a second. Like Michael said, the planning, make yourself a plan. Go with that. That's that's the only thing I'll say. It definitely works for me. So, Well, thanks for obviously opening up and talking. I know, I know life's hard at the minute, but obviously by you opening up and talking at least yeah, hopefully it'll help somebody else mate if it if it helps one person i'm over the moon mate like right. i say i'm similar to you i don't mind talking about it and uh you know if, if you need to cry you need to cry if you're happy you're happy roll with it and just try and do as much as you can mm-hmm.